0: Hebrews 12.1 says we are surrounded by witnesses and that we should cast off sin and obstacles that keep us from God. We are to run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is cross training. Building your faith to not only carry the cross of Christ, but to get up when you fall and run toward the finish line. Faith-filled business leaders and individuals share their testimony to inspire your journey. Now, here's your host for cross-training, David Anderson. I'm sitting here today with Sister Mary Lou Specia, and I met Sister Mary Lou way back when she was the executive director, CEO of Cafe. Cafe Reconcile and she came and said hey we want to do this great expansion and we need to make this big loan and i fell in love with her that day and i was it was right after katrina and i was so excited that someone of her caliber was moving to new orleans and grabbing a bull by the horns and taking charge and i ran back and said oh we got to make this loan we got to make this loan little did i know she was already planning on leaving so the whole basis of this loan on Sister Mary Lou Specia was, um, I won't call it anything illegal, but uh, we were very disappointed, although the organization still thrived because she left it in such great shape, and she said, I don't know what I'm going to do next, and then Hotel Hope fell into her lap, an organization that I was one of the original organizers of way back when. And when she came around to be the director for this organization, I knew this was going to be a winner, and it would serve a lot of people in desperate need, and there was no other place for them to go. And uh, without further ado, sister, uh, please, if you could tell our radio listening fans on Catholic Community Radio Station, just a little about yourself, how you have a uh, Polish lineage But yet, a Swiss name.
1: Well, it's good to see you, David. And um, thank you for this opportunity. Um, Again, I'm um, Mary Lou Special. I'm a a Catholic sister of the Sisters of the Presentation. I've been in the uh, community for 36 years. It's hard to believe that. I feel like I'm getting older, but it's just seasoned, I guess. Just well-seasoned, like... A good roux, right? Yes, indeed. Um, so um, I'm born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Yes, I'm Polish and um, Lithuanian, so I have a good Eastern European heritage where um, food and family and um, just uh, people enjoying each other and and uh, relationships are really key to our family. My mother just passed away recently, and... It was amazing just to see the relationship she built, and that how we continue with, um, you know, the great grandkids. So, um, that that's really important to our family as well. And
0: I will say, your mother was a great fan of Mardi Gras. She, she would come in every year. I think it was high, one of the highlights <laughs> of her life was that one probably when you became a a nun,
1: and then when you came down to New Orleans. She loved Mardi Gras. She was uh. Here, right before the pandemic. So she was, she was one of the super spreaders when she went back to Florida. But thank God none of them got the COVID. But, um, she loved it. She was a great, great, uh, lover of that and in her last years she was in a wheelchair but we didn't we went to when she would come I go to most parades so when she came we went to 12 15 17 parades um in a very short amount of time so um she taught me a lot about life and um her faith was very key in my upbringing and um just watching her faith in action has given me the um The impetus and really the desire to continue to do what I do um, here at Hotel Hope, but just in my life as a Catholic sister, that's...
0: Well, she would have to... uh, One thing she definitely gave you through your DNA and that you inherited from her was an infectious joy. And I think her natural state of being joyful really integrated with the spirit of Mardi Gras
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: it was a perfect fit, and I used to see her every year when she'd come down from Hardi Gras. And it was great to see her, and everybody knew your mama was coming to town. Yeah. So uh, as this radio show develops, the format of the show is going to be talk to someone like yourself and have you describe a dark period in your life where your faith expanded. And then we're going to talk about some of this good food we have in front of us from TikTok uh, Restaurant, who's one of our great sponsors of Catholic Community Radio. We have chicken fried steak to eat, by the way. Mm. Yes, and green beans. Uh, so, tell us if you don't mind sharing share something that people can resonate with. That something happened in your life, and that your faith got very strong and pulled you in a direction, maybe not where you thought you were going to go, but in a positive direction towards Christ?
1: Yeah. um, I've had several moments, but um, one that is um, kind of my key conversion story is, um, as we said, my mother and, uh, you know, we were at church all the time. You know, we were the people that did everything at church. But as I kind of got older Um, faith was always important, but maybe not church going. And um, kind of in my 20s and uh, late teens and 20s and through college, I I was just telling somebody the other day is that I didn't even go to church in college. Maybe if I went home for the weekend because my dad would uh, kick my butt out of bed in the morning, like, you mean you're not going to bed, you're not going to church, you're going to lay in bed. And so... um, it was um, kind of just a, a time in my life where I just thought um, life was good. I I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I was moving towards that, and um, then I became a teacher. But I really didn't have a sound foundation in a direction in my life. I think I like to um, party and I like to you know have fun, and um, yeah my personality kind of has that uh i am joyful i i enjoy people and i enjoy a lot of fun and sometimes um as i look back i really abuse that and i i really didn't um take the time that i needed to to look at a deeper sense of what is you know what makes you happy so i knew in fourth grade i want to be a teacher i never wanted to be a sister i wanted to marry a doctor. I wanted to go to the country club and play bridge. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, I had a good life. So I, you know, so I didn't have to work hard and all those kinds of things. So if I had known that I may have (laughs) gone to med school. (laughs) So I, um, I was really kind of searching. And so um, as my family said, if you wanted something, so you'd pray for it. And it was really important for me to like, my mom would say this, if, if you pray, be specific because God hears your prayers, but tell God what you want. So I was like, okay, I want a doctor and I want a nice house. And
0: this is post-college? Yeah.
1: So I, I was um, already teaching and I really thought, you know, once I taught, I'd be so happy and my life would be complete. And then I thought it was a relationship. It was something I always thought I'd get married. And this is in Chicago. In Chicago, South Chicago. So um, I was just kind of floundering, you know. So um, as I prayed and uh, kind of looked at my life, I decided, well, maybe I should just pray for direction. Maybe I shouldn't be so specific. And um, I would say it was a dark time in my life because um, I didn't really have a purpose. I didn't feel like I knew where I wanted to go. I didn't feel like I had a lot of meaning in my life. And I think that's true today um, when we look around and I see some of the women that I work with or see um, that that's a struggle. So um, there were um, sisters at the school that I was teaching at. and. one of them said to me, uh, Would I like to go on a retreat? And so before I could say the words out of my mouth, I said yes. Cause I was I could remember I was drinking out of a drinking fountain and I stood up and I st- and I said yes. And then I was like, Oh my God, what did I just say? Oh what did no. I just commit to? <laughs> so I thought it was a bargain with God that I was like, okay, well, I'll go on this retreat and you know, maybe I'll get some answers and maybe I won't. And so it was a, um, a time where I, um, took some time to go to Dubuque, Iowa. And, um, in Dubuque, there was a retreat. It was with the sisters of the presentation, which has been my home for 36 years. And it was there. I really heard God ask me, wow, this is, this is where I want you. It's funny.
0: You say you didn't have a foundation and you felt aimless, But uh, compared to most young adults uh, that have, particularly that had not found their teaching occupation path, you really did have a foundation that you were uh, praying, searching for direction yourself. Uh, That's a strong foundation just to be there. And for those of you just joining us, this is David Anderson. I'm the host of Cross Training here on Catholic Community Radio in New Orleans 690 and in Baton Rouge 1380. And if I'm inaccurate on that, that'll be edited out. (laughs) Uh, But uh, we do have uh, in front of us today, we're at an incredible place called Hotel Hope, and it is run by Sister Mary Lou Specia. And we're talking about Mary Lou's background and how she came to say, to answer the call of the Lord and say, I'm going to be a nun uh and I'm going to serve others my whole life and if this is not a person who exemplifies serving other people their whole life I don't know another mm-hmm. uh I'll put her right up there with uh Mother Teresa so sister uh you were saying
1: yeah thank you David that's it's quite a um, honor, but which way um, stride, yeah, and we all strive? Yeah, we. You're hitting, and you know, so by early years when I entered the convent, um, I'm not going to say it was all. You know, I was an independent woman. I was 28 years old. I, you know, I've been around the block a few times, and so I'm living with all these nuns and um, kind of going, you know, do I fit in? Do they want to have fun, and do they? <laughs> and I found out that you know, like I'm a sports person, and I, am I love watching ball games. Well, so I found the nuns that like the ball games, and I found the nuns that like the cards, and of course we prayed together and we shared our life and all those kinds of things. But I realized that they weren't really a lot different
0: mm-hmm. than I was.
1: Wonderful. And so um, I had a group of um, classmates that. Really, um, those first few years, it was really the opportunity to learn about myself, learn about my spirituality, but learn about God and my relationship with God and deepen that. And that foundation started when I was a child, but it continued to grow and it continues to grow today as I really look at... um, who I want to be in my 60s. I mean, it's like, who thinks you're ever going to be 60? And I'm like, wow. So I'm coming on 62. I, yeah. So um, those first years, and then I moved from a small town. I mean, I moved from Chicago to a small town in Iowa, and I lived in Iowa for 20 years, and I loved Iowa. But um, after um, after a while, I was working with young adults, and I think I really... Saw my work with young adults as kind of um, an an opportunity that I didn't have when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to I didn't go to church. I didn't even know there was a a church on campus, a Catholic church, and there was. You know, I'm sure. And so, um, I I really found that ministry, and I worked there for ten years to be so life giving and just inviting people to discover God to to discover their relationships, maybe of marriage. We had a couple people join the priesthood and um, religious life from there. So to really be able to walk with people in that very, very important part of their life that's that's in your 20s as you're kind of like looking around like, what do I want to do? And so um, it was one of my student leaders that brought me to New Orleans um, in um, 2005, right? December she came to me in October of 2005 and said Mary Lou we have to go to New Orleans and I was like okay because we used to take service trips and things and I'd say all right yeah and um, my parents lived in Florida so you think of the beach in January and December December and January or snowy Iowa you know I was like and I would get a month off it was wonderful so um, it wasn't something high by uh, priority list, but um, it really kind of kept haunting me in the sense. And so I started to look and to see, was there an opportunity to come down here and to bring students? So within 20 minutes on the Internet, and then I talked to somebody at Catholic Charities. We had a place to work, mm-hmm. and I brought 15 students down in December 2005, and the city was, as you know, you you lived through it. It was not in a, a place where I thought it was the United States of America. I was ashamed at the Amen. response. I was um so saddened. And the only people I saw on the street, there probably were more, were our sisters that were over at um by St. Joe's. Um Lantern Light was the ministry that they started. And they would walk around in their car, and they would they had the, one would drive, and the rest would walk, and they had the trunk open, and they, if there was anybody, but there weren't that many people then, if there was anybody, they would give them food or um, cleaning supplies.
0: Think of that site for a second, and we all know, especially New Orleanians, what it was like, you may have been living somewhere else, but you'd come back into town right. periodically, we knew how desolate it was in December of '05, and to see a group of nuns walking down the street, passing out food, that's beautiful.
1: It was a real, it was an inspiration to me. And so on the way back home um, in the van, I said, I don't know, I, I wanna come here. So in 2008, it was my time to leave campus ministry. And so I was looking for something, you know, so I came down. And you down. get to choose where you want to go? Well, you know, within, you- um, yeah. And there was, there were, my leadership asked me to come down and to look because there was an opening where the sisters were if I wanted to perhaps do that. And then also there was an opening at Cafe Reconcile. So um, as I looked at all the um, possibilities, um, I always worked with young people. And so I didn't want to work with homeless people. So I was with the nuns. I mean, this is the irony of the story. The sister asked me, so how do you like it? You know, because they thought maybe, I said, I really don't want to work with homeless people. And so um, God has a great sense of humor in my life yes. always. So yes. um, so that's when that I, <laughs> yes. so I went to um, Cafe Reconcile and that's when I really, um, you know, Understood. Got to really understand a lot of things about New Orleans. Food, first of all. Amen. Um, people, um, politics, um, religion, poverty, religion, um, but generosity. A lot of generosity um, grew there, and so it was a it was a great place for me to get my feet on the ground.
0: Well. Let me remind you, folks, uh, this is David Anderson, host of Cross Training, and we're sitting here with Sister Mary Lou Special, who's telling us about how she found her way into the order, and luckily for all of us in New Orleans area, how in Louisiana, uh, how she found her way to being the executive director of Hotel Hope, uh, what is the address?
1: Thirty-nine, twenty-three.
0: Thirty-nine, twenty-three. Martin, Martin Luther King, King. and it, she has converted uh, an old motel uh, into a life-giving, shelter-giving, uh, real sense of home for many women uh, that have children that found uh, find themselves in the most distressing mm-hmm. circumstance you can imagine. And she is a light of pure pitch-black darkness. For a lot of people, and we've seen him come and go here. Yeah, I've been affiliated with Sister for a long time, even before she uh, had this job. So um, and how many years have you been at Hotel Hope now?
1: So it started in 2012, so it's almost 10 years now. Wow. That, um, And it's around this time in November, that uh, November, December. So it's hard to believe that I've been doing this for 10 years, and um, usually 10 years is kind of my limit to like all right what am i going to do next but um oh my i can't even imagine you leaving this no that's what you would go do (laughs) i'm still here because there's still a lot of work to do so but when i was at cafe reconcile it was when i i learned about a group of people who really understood um being homeless and of course right after katrina there was everyone was homeless in some ways certainly because and some people had more means to rebuild or to get back to what their house was and we had more people during on the street during that time than at any other time um probably in the in the recent history so um there was a group of people really passionate about keeping families together keeping families and especially young men with their moms and not separating them and providing them a hotel experience because if you're in a hotel and, you know, you have your own little room, we're in a a room right now and it's safe. There's, you know, the own bathroom, there's a TV, you know, it's cozy. But if you're in a big congruent room and you have babies crying or, you know, um, other kind of things happening when people – um, you know, all sleep in one room. That wasn't the vision of the, the founders, the founding spirit. So I got it involved in it. It became, um, on the board. We, you know, you helped us in the very beginning as well as Yuna. And, um, and so what we tried to do then is to find a hotel and it took us a little while, but in 2017, um, we found the Crescent Palms, the former Mason Hotel, which has a great history. We can't go into it yes, today. Yes, it does. But That's it has for another radio station. R- another right, another show. But it has a great history of serving the community, especially in this area, um, for um, African Americans and musicians and things like that. We have it a lot. We had a lot of famous people come here. Oh yeah. And if you know the Green Book, the movie, the Green Book, this um hotel was in the green book as a safe haven for african americans to come from the north of course and um that they could stay here safely so um when we found this i drove by this a hundred times like i all the time because i live right in the neighborhood so i i looked at it and i i would think but i never really said like that's the that's the place until we were at a board meeting one night and some we were frustrated because we were working with the building that was um, damaged by Katrina. We were trying to get some FEMA dollars, and it, it just became a political and a just a, a rubberneck. You know, I there were wanna, a
0: lot of people going yeah. after a small amount of funds,
1: right? And it, it and it became it was frustrating because we knew the need. So what we wanted to do then is to really find the hotel. So one of our board members said, "Hey, I heard the." um, Crescent Palms, somebody wants to sell the Crescent Palms. And at the time, the, the associate pastor was at the board meeting and he said, oh, I know the, I know the owner. He said, let me text him. So we texted him and he said, are you selling the, I, are you selling the hotel? And he said, yeah, we're thinking about it. He said, I might have a, I might have a buyer. And so that began the relationship with, um, Michael DeZura, who's a great man who still helps us today all the time, uh, the former owner and his crew, um, and so we in we didn't have the money, but we my board really wanted to pay cash in April of um, 2017, um, or 18 at this time. Um, we had 20, we put down 25 thousand dollars, and we needed uh, 1.4 million we had a little of it but we didn't have a lot so everybody wanted to kick the can and say i think you know we're done with the project and so um by i said give us a month please give us a month and by the next board meeting the second week in may on a monday we had 2 million dollars that god has gifted us wow and we were able to pay wow. cash for our wow. uh, hotel so I think, you know, that's I, the Holy Spirit moving. Oh, and and it continues today that God I, I I was meeting with a um a person today having a grant monitoring um session and she was here, you know, when we first started a couple years ago and she just said, "Oh, I can't believe where you've where you have." And I and you know, people will say, "Oh, it's you and and I, and, and I uh, I'm okay, but It's really God. It's when you open your your heart to God and you ask God to lead you and ask God to direct you, God will lead you. However, sometimes you don't want to go. Remember, I said I didn't want to work with homeless people, and here I am um, serving unhoused women who have children who have been sleeping in their car. We had a mom pull up today. With a small SUV, and she has a one-year-old. She has three children, but the only only one that could fit in the car was the one-year-old because there was so much stuff in there. So, can you imagine sleeping in a car, and with her mother and herself? um, You know, and she's, they had three of them. There's three of them, and then she the has channel. two other children that she had to leave somewhere else. Oh so, my goodness! So you know and people don't realize that it's a it's very prevalent. common experience yeah. because since hurricane ida the housing market is really is is really uh, stressful especially affordable units and units that you and i would want to live in i never want to put a mom in a place where they don't feel safe especially if they have young you know young men young children or any place that is inhabitable,
0: and so... Well, you've created a dynamite space here, and uh, let me remind you uh, that we are uh, on the radio, of Catholic Community Radio. I'm David Anderson, the host of Cross Training, and I'm interviewing Sister Mary Lou Specher, who's the executive director of Hotel Hope, which is an extraordinary organization that helps people in the most dire need And I'm going to tell you, I've seen it from its concept thought into practice, and it is a prime example of how one lets God show them the the direction on where to go and how to help others. And if that's your mission, and I assure you this is not a profit-driven organization, this is helping others that need help and putting it out there that I'm a Catholic sister, I'm a nun, and this is my mission in life. And I think you have developed it beautifully. Stepping off of that, just to, uh, for a second, we do have chicken fried steak, Ooh. green beans, from one of our great sponsors, and that's uh, Michael De La Husse, who owns TikTok Cafe. I went in there to pick this up, thinking it would might look like uh, something like a Google or an Apple store, being TikTok <laughs> Cafe. Uh, they come close. But I don't think a uh, Google or Apple TikTok could match the food. So please, sister, taste that. I have it got looks up great. I, now
1: I have to. I'm going to have to go out to the TikTok and maybe one of the things we do here is we have a hot meal every night and volunteers bring meals every night and sometimes we ask the community to help so well, let's gonna, get him on that uh, let's let's get that tiktok yeah, and then that maybe TikTok we'll, train put, we'll, over here. we'll put tiktok on the tiktok
0: yes amen but uh it is really really delicious food uh and if you have a moment stop by he actually kind of inspired me unbeknownst to, and we've never met Wow. But he has inspired me. I drive most days across the lake to Mandeville for work, uh, for my day job. And he used to say most people didn't know that the causeway was built so me and another fella could say the rosary on the way uh, and then listen to 690 on the way home. I now say the rosary on the way to work because of him. And it is, uh, depending on when I start it, I can finish it early, uh, you know, all the way over or midway through. And it was you who once told me I was doing a um, Ignatius prayer session. And I told you about it. I don't know if you're around, but this is at least 10 years ago, maybe more. And I, I said, but I keep falling asleep right at the end. And you said, that's okay, because God wants you to have a good night of sleep. And if he can get you there, that that, that consider the prayer finished. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I had no, you had a slight guilt about it. Uh, you you alleviated that guilt many many years ago, and you probably don't even remember. No,
1: I remember them, but um, you just can't sleep all the time through your prayers. <laughs> it's, you got to begin to pray. Well, I do start. <laughs> uh, I do start. No, I know, I'm and I certainly don't
0: fall asleep on the causeway saying rosary. <laughs> no,
1: but, uh, no,
0: indeed. But it, it is funny. You get to a point where you where you in your prayer life, you actually uh, look forward to that moment. When you do have a chance to just pray and whether the rosary or whatever your prayers are, where it's just you and the Lord and you're praying. Uh, there's a point in your life where you don't even think about doing that. And then there's a point where you are going to do it. Uh, well, I guess you do that as a child. And then you let it go. And then hopefully at some point as an adult, it comes back. And uh, I know that's where I am. And when I have that opportunity to pray it's delightful time
1: and it's so important too to um not only pray and and to um pope francis says that a lot too is that we have to have the devotions of the people you know so that the devotions those are really important times in our life but i i really think too is that we have to have periods of silence and when um I think when I'm challenged here, and um, believe me, when you're doing God's work, um, you're challenged on how, however However you wanna personify evil, um, it's gonna try to tempt you, and it, it sometimes, or tries to take you away from what your main mission is. And so... Um, and you're
0: dealing with people who the devil has a grasp of at mm-hmm. that moment.
1: At right? times, yeah.
0: And they're coming here, and they have a breath of, uh, of air of the Holy Spirit. And hopefully, not only do they get leveled out in their life, but their faith develops. Right. There, and a Good armor to go for.
1: There's a lot of women here that are deeply spiritual and faith-filled. I think there are opportunities of temptation to happen a lot. I'm sure and, the boyfriends and, or the husbands right. come around. Yeah, and no, it's just I, I think it's the nature of the society our society that there's many more things, you know, um but there's a lot of goodness. So when we come here, when people come here and volunteers and even our guests, they they it's like a a sanctuary and sometimes leaving it's hard to leave because they say when we go outside that gate it's not the same, you no, know. It's, it's a not. different world it out is. there. It and is.
0: It is. And so indeed. we say,
1: "Well, you take God with you as you go." You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like when we go to church, is that we go to church not to just pump ourselves up, and we do. That's important to pray, to be um, people who are um, in communion with God. But we have to take that right to the streets, and um, that's helped me live in Central City for the last fifteen years. That's helped me. Um, overcome some fears. And sometimes now, even with the violence, you know, when you talk about dark times and, um, where is my faith losing, um, a few of the people that I've, I've worked with to violence, to gun violence. And, um, threw up my arms. I remember looking out the window one night after this young man was killed and saying, God, I can't do this. I can't, please, I can't do this anymore. And it was a, uh, I think it was a cry out for me, but it really was understanding that I'm not in it alone, that I don't have to walk that path alone. And at the funeral of this young man, and I got there early because I was really nervous. It was on a small little repair or little church on River Road. And the first person that came to the church was a Catholic priest and no one else was there. And I really believe that God sent that priest to me because I was really, really hurting, I was scared, I was dark, I, was, I couldn't believe that someone I knew so well was murdered. And that person ministered to me that day so I could be strength for somebody else. And I was. And it's still hard. You're me chills. Just you listen. Know? That's beautiful. But it, and, um, it was an opportunity. And I think sometimes that's what we have to do too in that prayer is to really reflect on our experience. Our world's so fast. Yes. So if we don't sit down or pray the rosary or sometimes you can do, you can have some thoughts while you're praying the rosary of some things that come in or pay attention to so that when it's when you're over with that, oh, I really need to think about that, and that silence can really help us um, through those dark times, and really, um, God's grace and mercy is much larger and and wider than the darkness. You know, Amen. Joining us or uh, coming back from
0: getting some coffee, I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm David Anderson with Cross Training. And we're sitting here hearing an incredible story of how faith took a young girl in Chicago, a young Polish girl in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I guess that was uh, so you guys from the Polish background particularly celebrated uh, Pope John Paul II. Yeah, that had to be a big movement in he that Chicago, Chicago community.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure. My mom and grandma saw him, uh-huh. and my uncle.
0: So I think we're I was here in college. talking. We're eating some uh, chicken fried steak from. TikTok over on Causeway Boulevard, and we're hearing about Mary Lou Spex's life as a Catholic nun. When she came out of college, she was looking uh, at the direction of her life. She was a school teacher, and it's something I didn't know about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another uh, sister approached her about coming to a retreat, and uh, retreats are very powerful. I have a friend in uh, in a class I'm in who is um, was Jewish, and he went to Manresa, and Christ spoke to him. Wow! And this fella is a devout Catholic now. Uh, I've got two friends uh, that fit in that category. One we meet on a Thursday night prayer group, and another we meet on a Friday morning at six a.m. at the seminary prayer group. So. um A retreat's very, very powerful, and it took you uh, from probably hanging out in a fun place like Chicago on a Friday night Mm. to going on a retreat uh, with a bunch of nuns, about the opposite of what you would uh, normally have experienced on that Friday night in Chicago, and identifying with enough of those women to say uh, one I like the people around me, or at least there are enough of them that I like their association. But more importantly, uh, whether one wanted to play cards on a Friday night or one wanted to just go to adoration, it was all the one spirit of serving Christ. And uh, that's why we're here today. We'll talk about how we can serve Christ uh, for that cross training, and I'd like to expose our listeners to folks who are actually doing it in a systemic way. And a, a little difference is the people we interview here are business people. Sister, as much as she's an executive director of this wonderful institution that she's created here, she's also a businesswoman. She has to make a payroll. She has to pay the energy bill. And and all of that stuff is not easy to do. Uh, there are a lot of supplies. She gets a lot of donations. There are diapers, food, soaps. You name it. She needs it So one thing to our listening audience if If you do have some spare change uh or uh significantly more or items that are of use, please contact Hotel Hope and see how you can help because what this woman is doing is not changing the lives of the women she's serving. That's important. She is redirecting them. But it's actually taking the, aimed at the children of these mm-hmm. adults so that they don't follow in the same steps that their adults in their life are in now. And that's one of the critical things about changing our society. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that disturbs me the most is how many people don't have Christ in their life, much less the opportunity to share it with their children. Mm-hmm. And if you look at folks who do have Christ in their life and they have children, you have a much more um, productive society that's fair for all. So uh, sister's hoping to level that playing field as best she can. How many, how many family uh, families do you have here now?
1: Um, well, we have nine families right now, and I think we have probably uh, 14 children that, um, excuse me, are staying here. Uh, over the course of the, uh, we're approaching our fifth anniversary um, in the hotel. In the yeah, in two thousand twenty-three. So we've served over six hundred individuals. So um, six hundred adult women. No, six hundred uh, moms and children. Gotcha. So we've you know wow. I I, I like to number. yeah I think it's like about six hundred seventy-five or something like that. Um, but I think what. Uh, I was at, yesterday I was, um, went, we had a little event, so I went to pick up some chicken wings and I was standing in line. I always like to go to the local places to give the business. Well, they're going to be better too. Right. And so um, I'm standing in line and somebody's in front of me and she's looking at me and she's saying, I know you. you. Did you teach in the schools? And I was like, no. And then I said, well, did you? Because a lot of times I run into cafe reconciled kids Certainly. and they remember. I said, Cafe Rec no. And then all of a sudden she said, Hotel Hope. And um it was such a joy. She's a mom with three children. They're still they moved and they're they still. They came through? She yeah, they came, she came through here. Oh, I my didn't goodness. recognize her because you know, women like to change their hair color a lot. Yeah. And so um she was here and uh she's now working in one of the um hotels downtown um she's doing really well and it was just a delight to be able to see her at kind of a moment just standing in line in line to s- buy food that's prepared <laughs> for other people yeah. you have to be in a good state to right be there exactly and, and to have three so children. i bought her oh, i i'm cool. not saying this just to brag because i thought Oh, I want to buy her lunch because I was so happy that she could buy. That's right. exactly right. I was like, you could buy it yourself, but I want, to, I want to save you that little change so you could do something for your children. And she was so grateful, and it, it was just a, um, a wonderful kind of moment where um, we know they st- the women here stay 30 to 45 days, and again, they're coming from um, places of crisis. You know, people... A lot of times we like to judge, well, why somebody homeless? You know, what they do. What did you do to get homeless? And um, my approach is really not to judge, is to really say, I don't know how you got here, but since you're here, let's change the script. Let's flip the script. Let's do something so that we can move you towards self-sufficiency, to get you out of a crisis. All of us, we've been in crisis, everybody that I know, has had some type of a crisis in their life. might be major, you may not have been homeless, but you had to navigate it with perhaps the goodwill of someone else or family or friends or resources. And so that's what we want to be here at Hotel Hope. We meet them as Christ meets us with love. We um, really try to put on radical hospitality that we really open our hearts and our um, arms to that, to loving the people and the children. And sometimes people are suspicious of that. If you've never had that or, you know, you've gone to social services or things like that, it's like, why are you being so nice to me? Or why are you giving me this? Or what do you want in return? And we only want the best for them and, as you said, the children. Why do we do what we do? We do it for the children. And um, it's amazing when a mom comes in for the first time and they walk in the gate and they see all the toys and the bikes and the kids can run and say, Mom, can I run and play? And oh, they my do. goodness. And I can't then,
0: imagine how And then feel the
1: mom... Looks and smiles and is relieved oh, because yeah. the child isn't sitting in a car seat or in a car or in a seatbelt or they're in a safe place. And the best thing about our facility and our, um, it's so safe, it's protected, and not a lot of people know we're here, which we're not a, we're, you know, people walking by and, we haven't had any trouble in the neighborhood. Um, people respect. Sometimes they still think it's a hotel, so they come in and try to get a room, but we say there's no vacancies. So um, what we really tried to do then is to help the mom get out of the crisis through resources, get him rent assistance and a uh, security deposit for three to six months, and then follow them for not up to nine months in, um in other ways that we can support them they go to workshops mandatory workshops where they look at decision making critical thinking budgeting parenting uh you know a a, a lot of different um issues uh that are just normal things when you're in your 20s and 30s <laughs> that you're trying to how navigate
0: many, how many of uh the women that you serve, would you say, came from broken homes themselves?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I think being a single parent, if if that's what you mean by a broken home, I think single parent is prevalent um, in our community. Um, I'm not sure. Like, that's something that I, I don't know. But sometimes the trauma that they have felt as a child has plunged them away from um, family members. And sometimes the environment.
0: And on that note, I'll remind our listening audience if you're just tuning in, I'm David Anderson, a host of Cross Training, and we're talking to Mary Sister Mary Lou Specia here on Catholic Community Radio, and uh, hearing an extraordinary story of how one has, how one, it seems so impersonal, how Sister Mary Lou Specia has dedicated her life to serving others, all in the name of Jesus Christ. And it is just a a fascinating story. You're a fascinating person, and I knew it from the second I met you uh, at Cafe Reconcile so many years back, and I I came home, I told my wife, Cafe Reconcile is (laughs) going to the moon. This woman is unbelievable.
1: They're doing great, too. And they are. They're really doing great. You took them to
0: another level. And it would have been much easier for you to stay there with something that you took from the ashes, basically, after Katrina to uh, what it produces today. And it produces uh, a a lot of children that aren't necessarily, um, you you take them to be job ready. Right. And one of the things as basic as showing up for work work. on time in a clean shirt, in proper attire. You know, if you've never seen, if you didn't have an adult in your family doing that every day, it's foreign to you, mm-hmm. and that's one of the major steps of cafe reconciles, getting someone ready for adulthood,
1: and, and you. careers. You know, like we all had opportunities to kind of say, "Well, what, what kind of career do we, you know, we want to have?" So, I think one of the other things, David, that I want want to say, and um, is that. I couldn't do this by myself, so my religious community has supported me for thirty six years. Mm-hmm. So you know when I when I looked and said, oh, I didn't want to be a nun, and then when I went and what I saw and that I was attracted to is I was attracted because I didn't have to be the individual. I didn't just have to be the one person that I had a group of people who had justice and um, the love of Christ and the love of God and really trying to to make the world a better place. And if I was just doing that by myself as a single woman, and that's not a bad thing, but I I really needed more support. And so I've had that. I've had that for 36 years. Good friends um, that have, have really helped me do that. The other thing is, um, when I was thinking of starting this, is um I called up my classmate Sister Julie and and I begged her I begged her for two years, please come and she likes to say oh I was just minding my own business in Kansas, I said well you know, click your heels and go you don't want to be you're not in Kansas anymore that's we what would I'd be tell remiss her. not to mention
0: <laughs> uh, Sister Julie
1: <laughs> right uh-huh. and so um I knew that I had some gifts but I needed her gifts to help really um, set the stage. And so we really together built the foundation, along with the board members, really felt tried to discover what would be the best program and what would be the best opportunity. And we lived and learned. And the, the thing is when, and just like you're in business or anything, is that if something isn't working, you're not a failure. You just got to try something else. Is like if that's not working, if something isn't working in your prayer life, Try something else. If something isn't working in your work life, try something else. Because God wants us to be happy. And God really wants us to be that have that joyful spirit. But um, so this uh organization and this mission has been um not uh you know, my I'm not the founder that there is a community of founders Amen. and foundresses, and that we we build it upon. 200 volunteers that come and help us on a regular basis,
0: which is amazing. Which is also built on the whole framework of the Catholic Church.
1: Exactly. Right?
0: And it pulls a lot of like-minded people that say, I can live a little beneath the means that I have the ability to, to share with others. Right. You find that uh, it could be one of the most inspirational have, themes yeah. of the Catholic Church. We
1: have so many parishes that um, understand what it means to be church. It's a it's, lot of
0: people. Pulling you. your away. And uh, I, I will quote uh, Monsignor Nolte, uh, who was quoting another priest who had influenced him, and I'm not going to remember his name. And I think our lives really resemble this. When he does the sations of the cross, he would say, it's not. it shouldn't be that Jesus went down for the first, the second, the third time. It should be that Jesus got up. The first time, the second time, and the third time. And that real when he said that one Sunday, I remember, uh, it just resonated with me and, uh, me like everyone had many, many opportunities to get up. Uh, it's not what, where you want to be, but when you get up, it's often because you have the spirit of Christ that's helping you and you know, you can't do it alone. And you just go and say, God, please, I need help. And, uh, so you start your day. How do you start your day?
1: Yeah, So I, w- I'm an early riser. I like to go to bed early and early riser. So um, I like to wake up early, and I like to just have some quiet. And um, I, I like to read in the morning as well. Do some spiritual reading, or just to reflect. And then um, Sister Julie and I um, often every day pray, um, pray the office, pray the uh, the. The liturgy of the hours, but then we also um, break open the word in that and really take the scriptures. Because if the scriptures become who we are, and the scripture becomes my life, then it's not so. I'm in the book. It's Amen. not just
0: Jesus in the Amen. book. Well, so that's going to conclude us. Oh, did you want to add something? <laughs> no, I, to
1: that? I, I just think that um, the Bible is our friend, and if you've never read the Bible, pick it up and read it. A good way to
0: start that is just to read the readings of the day. Right. And that'll pull you right into reading the scripture, because you, soon you won't be able to, it's not enough. That's right. Uh, but, Sister, thank you so much for being on our inaugural show of cross-training on Catholic Radio, hosted by David Anderson, and our very special, special guest, uh, Sister Mary Lou Specher, who is the Executive Director of Hotel Hope, and if you have any means to help, please. They have a beautiful website, their current social media, uh,
1: and they're at Hotelhope. hotelhope.org. Hotel Hope, uh, and dot org. Face ma- Facebook and Instagram. So you can find us, just search Hotel Hope. Well, if you come in
0: here, you will certainly feel the presence of the Lord doing the Lord's work. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you.
0: Cross Training with David Anderson is a production of Catholic Community Media.